Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Keys to Clarity Coach Radio. This is Louise Crooks, your Keys to Clarity Coach, and it's the 2nd of November, and I am in, uh, I wouldn't say sunny Colorado, but certainly snow-ridden Colorado um, at 5 p.m. Um, uh, mountain Time, that's 7 p.m. Eastern, and um, we're going to have a really interesting show this evening, um, which I've been wanting to do for quite a long time, and it's all about um, energy leadership. And um, so I just want to give you a little bit of background into um, you know what we're going to be discussing, and you might have read some of the write-up already about the show, but really um, what we're going to be discussing is how you know, in terms of how we hold ourselves back and how we are, support ourselves in moving forward and the um, energy uh, incorporated into how, um, you know, we uh, access that um, ability to move forward um, is going to be expounded tonight by our, um, our special guest this evening, that's Luke Yorio. Um, and I just want to welcome you, Luke. Thanks so much for being here. And thank you, for uh, Louise, for having me here. Great. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to, to have you here. I'm certainly not the expert in this area, Luke, so I'm really looking forward to you um, telling us more about it. Um, I bought your book, and my husband actually read it from cover to cover. I haven't had the, the opportunity yet to lay my hands on it, but I had the wonderful pleasure of having hearing you speak on the subject um, at the NJPCA, which was the... Um, the New Jersey chapter for the ICF for all the coaches there, and I was absolutely fascinated by the conversation. So, um, you know, it's going to be a wonderful show to really jump into this topic of how we can um, move forward, you know, from a personal standpoint um, as a coach, um, as a practitioner, you know, with our clients, and also um, looking at uh, the possibilities from a, a bigger picture standpoint, you know, from the, the point of view of how corporates are changing, you know, how societies are changing with them incorporating some of these principles. So I would love for you, Luke, just to introduce yourself briefly and uh, tell everyone, you know, how you got involved with this, um, your, your input into this wonderful book that we're going to be talking about as well, Energy Leadership, and, um, and then some of these principles. Sure. Um, around the energy leadership that would be absolutely Excellent. wonderful thank you louise um you know for everybody for for those of you that uh don't know me i'm the president of the institute for professional excellence and coaching uh the president of their coach training division we're also known as ipac uh so we're best known in the industry and uh ipac's been around for 10 years we've graduated over 3,000 coaches uh that represent god those coaches have worked with over 150 to 200,000 clients at this point and i've had the real good fortune of working with the organization especially uh while i've been with them for 5 plus years now part of the uh tremendous amount of fun that we've had is that over the last 3 years we've incorporated the work that we're going to talk about tonight energy leadership as part of a graduate program and as part of the advanced coach training we provide uh and this is actually the foundation for the coaching processes that we use throughout 
you know, all aspects of, of what it is that our coaches are able to do for their clients. And so we're going to talk about how to go about shifting energy, shifting awareness, and how a lot of that shift in energy can create greater engagement in your life, how it can help you recognize the different signs, the different results that you see in your life, and how to work backwards and figure out what triggered those results and triggered some of the circumstances you're seeing around you. Uh, the way that I got involved in this work was that about five and a half, almost six years ago when I got introduced to uh, uh, the founder here at IPEC, Bruce Schneider, uh, I was one of the ones that was very fortunate to read one of the first manuscripts of Energy Leadership before uh, it was fully written out. It was almost an outline format at that point. And it was kind of one of those moments of you had me at hello. And uh, as soon as I read this work and, and really grasped the, the power behind it, uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to actually work with Bruce in, in, uh, in putting this book together and putting together a lot of the research, uh, testing a lot of the, the uh, processes and exercises and, and a lot of the things that you learn about in energy leadership, testing them early on with clients, uh, the assessment tool, the debrief work, the, the development system we created around it. And so got to work in the very, very early days of putting all this material together uh, all the way to the point now where it's, it's been implemented with you know, tens of thousands of clients and, and uh, just tremendous work that's come from it. And uh, the way that I got involved, even, even at that time, what introduced me to, to Bruce and this work was that I came out of the consulting field. And myself, I was a marketing and management consultant, mostly in the uh, entrepreneurial field, so companies up to about $25 million in revenues. And in working with those clients, which is what led me to, to coaching work, was that I became very interested in what made certain business owners more successful than others. And as a consultant, uh, for those of you, I know many of you, whether you've been consultants in the past that are listening out there on the phone or certainly uh, familiarity with being in this type of position, uh, in working with clients, it was, it was very interesting to be able to see similar companies, similar clients that had similar resources, similar backgrounds, similar marketplaces, uh, similar companies, at least as similar as similar can be in a, in a business sense, and yet one company would be infinitely more successful than the other company. The other company would struggle along and, and challenges would continue to confront it. And no matter what seemed to, to strategies they seemed to put in place, they were never going to be as successful as this, this other company that just seemed to run with their ideas. And when I began very, became very interested in what created those differences, what I ultimately learned was that the group of individuals that was significantly more successful in running their businesses, they were individuals with a much greater level of awareness, of self-awareness. They were empowered individuals, meaning they took full ownership over what it was that they did. And they were very highly engaged in, in their work, meaning that they were extremely committed and dedicated uh, and could see themselves in their work and in the, in the giving back that, that was created by the work that they did. And so when I became interested in all those concepts and I saw that's what was working for successful individuals, uh, I just through happenstance had, a, had the good fortune of, of meeting Bruce and uh, through a mutual acquaintance. Um, it was one of those relationships that, you know, from the moment we spoke together, uh, it was kind of, wow, we've got tremendous amounts in common. Uh, let's figure out a way to work together. Uh, and as it turned out, uh, we were able to, to figure that out over a very short period of time. And part of us getting to know each other and, and forming our uh, forming our relationship, which ultimately led to, led to me coming into IPAC and, and um, ultimately just a year and a half ago being named president of the coach training division, uh, part of that work was, was pretty much around energy leadership uh, because energy leadership is all about those principles of successful people that I talked about before, which is helping them to become more self-aware, helping them to become more empowered, and helping them to become more engaged in all aspects of their life. 
So Louise, uh, that's that's at least my my best attempt at a three minute version, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good attempt, I have to tell you. <laughs> so we would love to hear more about the energy um, uh, leadership principles um, sure. and how those are incorporated, and you know how. Um, you know, we can incorporate them ourselves. So, mm-hmm. so perhaps just giving us a clear understanding of what they are first. Um, okay. Okay. Let me let me start with a. We can actually start with a concept that's almost. Um, it's actually not in the book. It's something that that you could say is a uh, a prerequisite, a precursor to the book. Right. Um, but it helps you understand a lot of the concepts for for energy leadership pretty quickly. Right. And one of the things that we talk about with uh, with energy leadership, with even coaching in general, any form of um, of helping people understand the the human conditioning or behavior process, uh, one of the things we talk about is a results cycle. And the results cycle is is a very very familiar concept to most people. It's simply this: there is a stimulus, and there is a response, meaning there's a cause, and there's an effect. Mm-hmm. And what most people maybe take for granted and many are, are actually not aware of is that in between cause and effect or in between that stimulus and response, there is a very, very, very small fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a millisecond that there's actually a gap in between that stimulus and response. Inside of that gap between response, uh, stimulus and response for an individual is actually every single experience that you have ever been through in your life. It's the sum of who you are. That little gap is where, based off of how everything you've been through in your life, will create the way that you perceive stimu- the stimulus in the first place. And it will, that stimulus will quickly get filtered through everything you've ever been through. And your mind will immediately go find the most related experience and tell you that when this stimulus comes up, this is the response that you should give. And it's almost a it's a conditioning process that we go through, and life has taught us that this cause equals that effect. The stimulus creates that response, so give that response. The reason I bring it up is that what energy leadership is focused on is helping you understand what is in that millisecond gap. It's allowing you to take that moment and actually turn that millisecond into an eternity, or what seems like an eternity. Because when you understand that any given stimulus, any cause, can be perceived, can be filtered, can be reviewed, can be analyzed, can be felt in any number of ways, and you can slow yourself down just long enough in the moment to decide whether the preconditioned response that your brain is initially telling you to to trigger off, if you have that split second to say, wait a minute. Is that really what's what I intend here? Is that really the response that I want to give? Is that really going to get me the results that I'm looking to get? Now all of a sudden you're at a point of choice. That's the point of energy leadership. It is to bring you that split second to put you there in the moment so that you can choose to recondition your response any way that you want. When you do that enough times and you become exposed to this work in in um uh, exposed to this work long enough, then what's going to happen is it's actually going to even change the way that you perceive the stimulus in the first place. So that what typically happens to get into some of the energy leadership uh, concepts, the uh, let me start with, with a one of the broad concepts. One of the broad concepts is that, in general, there are two types, two major types of energy. 
there's catabolic energy and anabolic energy. Mm. Catabolic energy is typically thought of as that destructive, that draining type of energy. It pulls energy from all different aspects of your body to meet a specific crisis. And so there literally is a chemical reaction that in times of stress, your body will go through a chemical reaction. One of the, the hormones that will actually release, which many people have heard of before, is cortisol. Mm-hmm. Cortisol is a chemical that runs throughout your body in times of stress, and it literally seeks to find energy wherever it can find it in your body to give you enough of a boost to combat whatever stress or challenge you're facing at that moment. And so over time, if that happens, it will literally deplete your system. Yeah, it's more about draining the energy, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, because it's draining it for a purpose. It needs a short burst of energy. Right. The alternative, the other type of energy, is anabolic energy. Anabolic is regenerating, rejuvenating type of energy. It's actually a building type of energy, so that it's almost as if one plus one will equal three. When you work with anabolic energy, you will actually find that you have more uh, energy at the end of a task that is ready to be engaged, that is ready to be used, because you don't feel like the task that you've been doing has required energy, any energy at all, because anabolic energy is constantly creating more energy. So it's almost like you constant, you have this, this built-up reserve that you can draw on at all times because it's constantly building more and more for you. Mm. Now, what's interesting is that, and why I bring this up, is that in that little tiny gap between stimulus and response, mm-hmm. That's where the catabolic or the anabolic energy is going to lie. And so based off of everything you've ever been through in your life, it creates certain perceptions. Those perceptions are based off of catabolic or anabolic energy. If you view something as stressful, if you perceive it as something that is stressful, that's something that's in conflict, something that almost has you in a fight-or-flight response, something that has your choices constrained where you don't feel like you have many, if any, choices. That's a catabolic mindset. It's not meaning that every aspect of your life is that way. It just means that some of the predominant energy of catabolic, some of the predominant experiences you go through have that type of energy attached to it. And it's very difficult unless you know that's part of what's going on in the conditioning process, unless you know that that energy is present. Part of what catabolic energy does is it actually constrains your choices. It keeps you in that tunnel vision and keeps you from seeing that there are other options that you could pursue. And so what that happens is that that result cycle, that stimulus and response, is almost a a cycle. It's a circle where you don't see any other way out of it. Anabolic energy is going to create that little space in between the stimulus and response so that you can choose other options. It's going to present more opportunity, more possibility to you. And when you introduce more and more anabolic energy, we'll talk about many different types, both catabolic and anabolic energy throughout the rest of the call. But as you see more and more options, you can choose to change the cycle. You've got more possibilities, more choices that you've got in front of you. And so that's... Mm -hmm. Sorry to interrupt you. This is interesting because it's kind of a little catch-22 here. Mm -hmm. I I just want to dig in here a little deeper because... Absolutely. Um, what I'm hearing is that um, perception will determine catabolic or anabolic energy. It's interesting. You, you, you put it very well. That it's, it's a catch-22. It's almost a chicken or the egg, ironically. No. Exactly. Because it's, so you're saying that perception comes first, then choice <laughs> comes later. Well, that's exactly it. 
because part of what part of what the rest of some of the some of the uh, energy leadership concepts and part of what we teach mm-hmm. is that any result there are there's basically um a formula to this conditioning process and any result any circumstance any um any any outcomes that you see in your life typically those outcomes are created by some form of action that you take yeah. and what most of us look at is when we want to create change, what we typically hear about is behavioral change. You know, if you want to lose 10 pounds, you go to the gym and you eat a little, uh, you eat less carbohydrates. We're talking about behavioral change. But what we find is that behavior, if you only focus on changing those behaviors as habits, routines, mm-hmm. it's much harder to create sustainable change. Now, you can create a quick change. You can see some results by simply changing a habit, and you'll see differences for a week, maybe even a few weeks at a time. But chances are, unless you've changed what's underlying it, which we'll talk about in a minute, unless you change what's underlying where that behavior came in the first place, you're actually not going to create sustainable change. Okay. And so behind that behavior, you then what creates behavior is emotion. Based on the way that you feel, based on the emotions that you have, that is going to ultimately show up in the way that you act, the way that you behave. Right. If you feel anxious, that's going to change what your behavior looks like. Right. So then we take a look at what created the emotion. And when you look behind it, what creates the emotion and what even creates the perception that creates the emotion Mm -hmm. is core thoughts. And so it's really those core thoughts, those beliefs that we have that are sitting in that little stimulus response filter that I was talking about before, that gap. It's really those core thoughts that are being triggered. And so thoughts themselves are actually catabolic or anabolic. And 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 so that's actually the catch – well, that's part of the catch-22 that you were describing – does yeah. the thought come first? Does the catabolic or anabolic response and energy and emotion come second? Where does it all fit together? And really what's interesting is it's, it's that complete cycle of, of you know, the, the thought, the emotion, the action. Some of it's going to be partly could be catabolic. Part of it could be anabolic. All those things are combined in that little tiny gap between right. stimulus and response. All those things are combined. Right. The point, however, or the, the, the most pivotal aspect of this is that to create change, none of that in and of itself matters. The only thing that matters first is awareness because that's what actually creates change. Yes, you can't change true. something until you become aware of it. Yes, that's very true. Very true, Luke. So you're, you're, when you say core thoughts, we're, we're, we're looking at um, um, embedded beliefs that might be um, getting in our way. Mm-hmm. or programming um, yes. around habits that have we've formed or trigger points that have we've created around different um, uh, situations that might occur. That's, well, and, those, and those, those habits or those trigger points that you're describing, mm-hmm. those are typically the, the behaviors that we're going to see at the end of this formula. The question is, based on what is it that's being triggered, the core thought is what's being triggered, which is what's creating the behavior. Yes, exactly. Okay, perfect. I'm with you. <laughs> I hope our audience is with you too. I'm sure they are. And this is a fascinating sure. conversation, Luke. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so anabolic and catabolic um, okay. energy is very interesting. So there's so basically what what we're talking about is that essentially reality is a perceptual reality. That's really what we're talking about. Your perception is going to determine how it is that you see the world. And based on the way that you perceive the world and, and 
what that feeds back to you, that's going to then change the way that you interact and the way that you behave with the world. And so the, the point of awareness, which we were talking about a moment ago, is that when you can create awareness around this cycle, it no longer matters the chicken or the egg, meaning does the behavior come first? Did the behavior then create the thought, or does the thought create the behavior? You don't have to go through that, that kind of cyclical kind of uh, uh, formula that's there, because as soon as you become aware of it, you can choose to create change anywhere in that formula. You can start wherever you want. And part of what energy leadership is about is helping you figure out what place will provide you the greatest leverage to create the type of change that you're trying to create. Hmm. And when you say place, what do you mean, Luke? I mean that what you're going to be able to see, and then we'll go into some of the specific energy levels so that that we can get really more specific to everybody. Um, What I mean is that that point of change, you're going to have the ability to recognize that, hey, this is, this is maybe the thought that's going on for me that's creating the emotion and creating the behaviors, that's creating the results that I see in my life. And you might be able to jump right in there and be able to make a change at that level and say, wait, that belief, you know, maybe it was true for me then, but it's no longer true for me. It no longer works for me. And this is, you know, so I want to get rid of that and I want to figure out a, a new belief, a new value, a new, you know, new uh, pattern that's going to help me out. There's going to be times where that's very obvious. And there's going to be times where that can be pretty challenging to do because these are embedded beliefs. These are not things that, you know, popped into your, your head overnight. This is potentially decades worth of, of human conditioning that you've, you've been through. Yeah. And so sometimes you may know that that's going on or you at least have an idea of where it might be located, but you may need to start with shifting a little bit in the emotional range. You may need to shift a little bit in terms of behaviors and habits so that you have the chance to build up some of your energy to get to really go in and change some of those core thoughts so they're working more for you as opposed to against you. And so when I talk about that point of change and and off of that awareness so you can figure out where the leverage point is to create change, Mm -hmm. it gives you the ability to say, you know, you can change at any of these levels. You know that once you get to the point of changing more at this level of core thought, you know that the ripple effect, the leverage effect will be greater, but you may not be able to start there. And so it's providing you options as to, hey, I can help shift around my behavior shift some habits, I can shift my emotion, or you know what, I really know what's going on, and I want to take a look at this, this belief. It's no longer working for me, so I, I need to work with somebody to, to recondition that and come up with some new beliefs that are going to uh, empower me. Right. That makes sense. And actually, uh, um, Jay in our chat room, Luke, says, um, I stop it when I catch it, and it happens sooner and sooner. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely right. And that's exactly what, what we want to talk about with some of these. There's specific, there's seven levels of energy. And so that's part of what we'll, we'll go through on, the, on the, you know, the rest of the call. And, but it's to do exactly what, what Jay just mentioned. The more that you become aware of them, yeah. the more that you have the ability to stop yourself and say, okay, is this working for me or against me? It's working against me. Okay, I want to do this less. And so I'm going to put in some systems that are going to help me do this less and less and less. And each time it comes up, you're going to recognize it sooner and sooner and sooner. And there might be other times where you say, hey, wow, that worked really well. I want to do more of that. And so then all of a sudden you put that on your radar screen so that you do more and more and more of it because yeah, it's working it, for you. And it gets easier with practice. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Tiger Woods did not have a perfect golf swing the day he was born. It <laughs> took him millions of swings. Yeah. Same for us. We're, we're allowed to take a couple of extra swings and a few mulligans along the way. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, and, and and the thing is that um, 
you know, I think with 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 the practice in in uh, recognizing or creating these awarenesses and being able to, um, you know, make these changes um, through the awareness is is that um, it gets easy with time to the point where we actually don't even we don't even notice that we're doing it anymore. That's you know, correct. You get to that point, um, it takes a lot of practice to get there, but you know, when you when you're in that place of mastery, it can be absolutely amazing. Well, and that's and that's really the the point of this is that you know there's there's a lot of great techniques and a lot of great approaches out there that'll help you uh, to create reconditioning. But at the end of the day, you want to get to a point where it becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. Uh, it's part of who you're being. I think is you know one of the most most yeah. common phrases right now is it's built into who you're being. And it's no longer something you have to consciously remind yourself to do this again and again and again. And that's actually the point of, of that, that model that I was talking about in terms of you know core thoughts, create core emotions, create core actions. Yeah. Because when we're constantly focused on changing behavior, the end of that formula, you have to remind yourself over and over and over and over and over again because it's not natural to who you are. Right. But what you find is that if you do things enough, it'll create a different feeling, it'll create a different thought, or better yet, you work with a great coach who has the ability to help you get to that core thought that much more quickly, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it becomes ingrained to who you are. And once it becomes ingrained to who you are, well, then you no, long, no longer need to think about it. Exactly. And then you can go on to the next thing that you want to you make some changes on. Yeah. It's uh, Nanette in the chat room says, uh, Thomas Edison didn't get the light bulb right first go around either. <laughs> That's absolutely right. It took him over a thousand times. Yeah, exactly. I think it took him like a few thousand times before he got, and that—that's really his perseverance. And if you really want something badly enough, you know, you'll you'll keep doing it until you you get to where you you feel comfortable with how how you're doing it. Um, Well, it's you know, it's it's, uh, Thomas. You know, thinking of Thomas Edison, I think of you know they they use the. I think they use the number of 999th time just because it's an easy one to remember that his assistant turns back to him and goes, you know, Thomas, you just failed for the 999th time. And, of course, he looks back at his assistant and he says, no, I just figured out the 999th way not to invent the light bulb. <laughs> it's all in how you see it. <laughs> exactly. It's all about perception. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. So tell us a little bit more, Luke, about the, um, the, the different levels, if you, sure. if you will. Absolutely. Um, as, part of, as part of the catabolic range, there are two primary energy levels that fit in the catabolic range, and these are the ones that are most familiar to, to uh, us. Um, actually, before, you know, before I even explain just this first one, if the audience out there will think of, you know, think of a time where you were in a very, very difficult situation. Think of where you kind of felt you know, that, that there's really no win here. If I go this way, I lose. If I go this way, I lose. And so based on that perception, you essentially avoided taking action. And so you felt a little bit helpless to change the situation. And so there really was no use in trying to move forward and rectify it because there was no win. It was going to be a lose-lose no matter what. That energy level, if you can think of that time and think of almost that feeling that you get in your gut when you even hear me describe a situation like that. You can feel how low that energy is. That's level one energy, which is known as victim energy. And so the reason why I introduce it that way is because victim is a pretty heavy word for most people. And yeah, when you when you, you Luke, a lot of us operate in um, in that uh, that frame of of life. So, absolutely, uh, this is really really an important point I think that you're making right now. I know for myself that before mm-hmm. I woke up, I was definitely in that place of victim. 
Absolutely. And, you know, what, what victim is about is that while many of us, you know, initially the first time you may hear, you know, hear a word like victim, you might think a victim of a crime. Um, but really, we're victims of our own thinking. We're victims of circumstance. Absolutely. And so when we feel circumstances and situations mounting up against us where we feel like we're at the effect of life, that we're not in control, and worse yet, that we don't have the ability to change it, then those are all core thoughts. Those are all thoughts of being a victim. And so when you view a given situation and you don't believe that there's a positive outcome, at least you can't see it. It's a lose-lose type of situation. At best, you feel like, well, I have to do this. I don't have a choice. Those are all things that will bring you down into level one, one uh, energy known as victim catabolic. energy. Uh, a catabolic Cat- energy. Catabolic, that's catabolic. correct. Yeah. And so when you have thoughts that are going on like that, like I don't have the ability to change this, then the emotion, the core emotion that's going to come up is apathy. Because why should you care? You can't change anything. You actually have a sense of being helpless or powerless yeah. because you know your, your senses are almost becoming dull because you might as well just shut down. You can't change anything. Yeah. And so the resulting action, the behavior that you're going to see, the core actions known as lethargy, which is really means indecision, inaction. Why would you take action? You can't change anything. Yeah. And so most people, most of us out there, we have familiar, like you said, Louise, we have familiarity with this. Mm-hmm. Now, if this was, if somebody were to have this predominant, meaning that this was how they saw 80, 90% of their world, then chances are that's typically what therapists do, because that is the, that's the realm of depression, uh, potentially m- mental illness. And this is the realm that, that therapists tend to work in to help them overcome dysfunction. However, most of us do not have that much level one energy. Most of us just experience level one energy from time to time. Right. And so when we feel like we're in a very stressful, overwhelming type of circumstance, we feel like a tremendous amount of responsibilities have uh, kind of overburdened us. We've become, uh, become overwhelmed. We've taken them on almost as obligations as opposed to responsibilities that we wanted to live up to. And when those type of circumstances mount up on us where we feel like we've got almost the weight of the world on our shoulders at times, that's level one energy. It's situational. And most of what you want to take a look at when you're experiencing level one energy is to try and help yourself, one, recognize, hey, wait a minute. I'm feeling, God, I'm feeling really down. I'm feeling like I don't have any choices here. Oh, this is level one energy. Because as soon as you label it, it becomes something that's a little bit more objective. It's no longer who you are. It's just something you're experiencing. Right. And so when you become aware that, hey, wow, God, I don't feel like I have much option here. I feel like I'm kind of trapped by my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Then you can, you can get into the opportunity to interact, meaning you can start to ask yourself some questions. So whether you're a coach using this with your clients, uh, a therapist even has, you know, we have a lot of social workers and therapists who incorporate some of this work with um, even some of their, their patients that they work with. Yep. And ultimately what the work is, and even if you're just coaching yourself on this, is to ask yourself, wait a minute, you know, I, can't, I can't see you know, an option here, but if I were to ask somebody else, somebody else who knows the situation, if I were to ask them for what possible options they would see, what would they say? If I asked somebody who barely knew about the situation but had a little bit of detail and they filled them in on the rest of the details, what options might they see? What if I explained it to a perfect stranger who had absolutely no understanding of the situation whatsoever but was able to hear me describe what was going on? What 
options or perspective might they have that I don't have right now? So whatever you can do to begin to introduce one or two more options to the situation is going to begin to lessen some of that burden, to lessen some of that feeling like a victim of circumstance. And at other times, to be honest, one of the best ways, one of the best ways to break through this feeling of feeling like a victim, feeling like a victim of circumstance, is to simply get pissed off. And it's because... If you are in level one energy, you don't take any action. You've given up. But in level two, not that this is the most constructive energy, but it can be used really, really well. This conflict fighter type of energy can be put to good use because if you can get yourself angry, it means you're willing to fight for yourself. It means you're willing to fight to move forward. And just getting into that energy for even a brief period of time can be enough of a boost to break out of this feeling like you're a victim of circumstance. That's interesting because also what I'm what I'm thinking of is that level one energy is very little energy. It's it's just like a, a very and, and then level two is is a there's there's real energy there. You know, in, yeah. in, you know, creating energy and and um, moving rather mm-hmm. than just sitting. Absolutely. With, with that level two, and, and we'll go into further explaining level two energy, which is conflict, which is some of that anger, that fighter type of response that, that we're describing here, uh, it could be used to good use because it does have a good physical energy to it. And sometimes creating that type of motion can stir the emotions, which will help you take some action. As soon as you start to take some action, you're moving out of level one energy. Yeah. And, the, and it's important, I think, also for us to know that it's okay to be in that space of anger, but it's just a, it's a transition. You know, it's not that we have to live in that space. That we, well, absolutely, that's exactly what it is. It's a choice, and that's part of what we want to talk about with all these energy levels. Every single one of them is a choice. Right. None of them are specifically better or worse than any other. Mm-hmm. It's just what is going to serve you best at this time. Because technically, is if it's a situational, uh, you know, situational. Um, just a general situation, an experience that you're going through right now, technically, there's, there's times where it's perfectly okay to be in level one energy. Because being in level one energy, at times, it can help you for a brief period of time, maybe go through a period of mourning, a period of loss. And it's okay to experience that for a time. The question is whether it begins to hold you back in life. And yeah, so there's nothing wrong with any of these experiences. Sorry. Sorry? I was just going to say, and and the thing is that you actually have the choice of mm-hmm. sitting in that or moving through that and moving Absolutely. on to the next. The next well, and what you know, and what and what we've heard, uh, you know, from how many countless people through the years, what you resist persists, and so the more that you try to resist the experience that you're going through, the more that you try to fight the experience that you're going through to deny it, as opposed to face it, the longer it's going to last. And so if you experience, but you experience out of choice, you experience it consciously and say, you know what, I'm not ready to shift yet. I need to experience this because I need to understand what this experience has to offer to me. And so I'm going to sit here for a little while. I'm going to sit here for an hour, a day, maybe a week, and I'm going to experience this. And then there's going to come a time where I need to start moving forward. And I can move forward. I could use fighter type of energy to get me going again because that might be the best thing because maybe I can't. You know, jump into my normal, optimistic, positive self. Maybe I need to fight for myself a little bit. Maybe I need to stir things up again, because technically that can be a really good thing. That can create a lot of emotion and create a lot of motion and action out of it. 
And then again, just like with level one, at level two, I'll describe it more in a second, but at level two, you can you can choose to say, hey, all right, I've experienced that. It helped me get going again. And now, to be honest with you, I'm not really a, a fighter. That's really not who I am. And I can leave that behind, too. And then you move on to, to what, what goes beyond that point. So let, let me give let me let me give some perspective actually to level two energy since we keep uh, kind of jumping into it. Level yeah. two is the the other type of the other uh, level um, of catabolic energy that that most people experience. And there is more energy at level two. Um, and really, one of the things before I go through the the core thought, emotion, and anger that are uh, and uh, sorry and the behavior that are here, action that are here. Um, one of the things that very often we talk about is that the uh, level two is really well summarized by a very famous question, a very famous quote from uh, A Course in Miracles. And it's simply, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Because level two energy is all about being right because that's what you believe is going to make you happy. And so typically the core, well, the core thought at level two energy is conflict. And the reason why is because at level, at level two in this issue of conflict, what you most typically see is there's a very strong belief system connected to a specific right and wrong way of doing things, right and wrong way of behaving, right and wrong way of interacting with other people, just a general sense of there are good things and bad things, right and wrong. Now, we're not talking necessarily questions of morality or ethics or something like that. We're just talking that things must measure up to my expectations, and when they don't, I need to get them back in line and show people why my way, what I view, is the right way. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, and if you have any trouble recognizing whether or not this idea of level two energy, this conflict energy, pops up for you, because most people may not consider themselves, because when we think of conflict, we think more of external conflict, being those people who are very outspoken and angry in a sense. And not everybody is going to relate to that, but instead think of it this way. Think of it in terms of maybe you don't need to prove yourself right, but let me ask you, how easily do you let it go by when someone else is wrong? Mm. Don't you feel the need to correct them? Do you feel the need just to point them out just because you can't let it go? You can't let them not know that they've got to make a correction. And so level two energy, that conflict energy, tends to pop up in very strange ways. Um, it at times has you believing that maybe you need to speak up to, to get yours, to get your voice heard. You don't want to be taken advantage of because experience has told you, you know, if, if you give a little bit too much trust to somebody else, they may step on you. They may take advantage of that. It's about winning and losing. It's high, level two energy is highly competitive. We've got to win. We've got to win. And that means we've got to beat our competition. We've got to beat that person out for the job. It's a lot about what's wrong, pointing out and looking for, hey, that went wrong. Hey, that broke. That failed. It's it's a constant attachment to who's to blame, yeah. even if that blame maybe even falls on yourself. But you almost need to explain when things go wrong, you need to show, well, I wasn't responsible. It was that person, or it was that set of circumstances, or it was that customer, or was that, that it was that vendor that didn't do right. right. And so very often it's really kind of seeing the world through that, that type of viewpoint. So anyway, if you, a core thought being conflict, if you view the world in this way, typically the emotion that's going to come out is anger. Why? Because anger lets you know when things are – when there's dissonance, when there's, when there's resistance in the environment. And so that anger can be outward, which is kind of the, the external expression of, of uh, this level of en- energy, but it can be turned inward as well. You can see a lot of level two energy around the, uh, around the, um, the water cooler and around the coffee machine in an office because you can hear all of the, the gossip that's going on in the office. Oh, you won't believe what this person did, and you won't believe what that person did. 
because a lot of that is attached to what's right, what's wrong, who's doing this. And that really kind of gets some of our uh, gets some of our adrenaline pumping to, to get into that, that side of things because the core action, when you think and feel that way, is defiance. Right. So it's defiance. It's kind of buying into that negativity, isn't it? Absolutely. Looking and, what, you know, as Eckhart Tolle says, you know, feeding that pain body. Well, you know, it's interesting because that's exactly right. And what's really interesting, it's, you know, it's kind of that misery loves company type yeah. of, you know, the individuals that are victims of circumstance, you will absolutely see the misery loves company because everybody will, you know, there, there can be a group of individuals that will talk about how life has gotten them down, how life has beat them up, how, you know, life has bounced up against them. And, well, of course, if it was going to happen to anybody, of course it would happen to me. Of course that anvil was going to fall out of the sky on me. Of course that black cloud was going to follow me around. That's part of it. And level two is the same way. People love to argue together. They love to defend themselves. They love to blame. And so they love to get into that gossip. And a lot of that can tend to be out of this this stage of defiance. Um, and actually, and what, Jay makes a good point on the on in the chat room, Luke. And mm-hmm. you know, I was I was also going to just say this. He beat me to it. Is that um, the media, the news, the talk shows? They are all buying into that level two um, energy. Got it. Uh, uh, which really isn't serving us at all. I have to say that I very rarely watch the news now, just because I, I just don't want to operate in that. On that Absolutely. Level. Well, it's interesting, and Jay, you bring up a wonderful point, and it's it's from this regard. Number one is that adrenaline gets pumping in catabolic energy, specifically in level two energy. Your adrenaline starts to pump, and so the news, and you'll notice the number of action-oriented shows that are on at the hour of ten o'clock at night. So there's a lot of crime drama. There's a lot of, uh, you know, the 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 uh, the whodunits and a lot of car chases and gun scenes and all sorts of different things. And of course, there's there's sex to go along with that violence, of course, because it gets yeah. the blood pumping. Now the thing is, adrenaline in itself, you can get addicted to that adrenaline rush. Right. And that's exactly what most media plays off of. It creates an addictive chemical response in your body, body where you want more of it. The reason why you want more of it is because what most people experience going back and forth between level two and level one. And so if level one, if you feel like the circumstances are up against you, then you like tapping into getting riled up. You like coming back to those moments where your blood's pumping again because you could feel something. You want to take action again. And so very often, there's a lot of individuals that spend time between levels two and one. As a matter of fact, and this is represented by what you see in the media, Roughly 80% of the world, 80% of the world, spend most of their time in level one and level two energy. Mm, wow, that's pretty scary. <laughs> Absolutely. You look at you look at the number of wars that we have. You look at the media. You look at the amount of conflict. Heck, you look at corporate America. You look at the greed that's there or has been there. You look at the old authorita- uh, uh, authoritarian style of management. Do it this way. Do it this way. This is my way. I want it done that way. It was a measure of control, management by control, not management by leadership. Right. And that's a lot of how we were trained to get things done because it was about a specific right and a specific wrong way to do things. And so that's where a lot of us have a lot of it. That's where our conditioning comes from. Now, I happen to agree, which I'm glad you brought up Eckhart Tolle. I happen to agree with some of the direction that he has talked about from the sense that we are experiencing a shift. We're seeing a shift in this country. We're seeing, seeing personally, I think, a shift in consciousness in the world. Definitely. And we're beginning to see a movement 
into the, the, the remaining part of our talk tonight, which is into anabolic energy, into this building, rejuvenating, regenerating, uh, compassionate, uh, opportunistic, purpose-driven type of an energy. Okay. And we're starting to see that more and more and more. And so when you're in level two energy, part of the way that you begin to shift is, number one, uh, introducing yourself to how somebody else might view the circumstance, specifically somebody else. If you're in conflict with somebody, you don't agree with their point of view, just simply begin to ask, well, if I were to ask them to explain why they see the situation the way that they do, what would they say? Yeah. And just begin to see somebody else's point of view. Begin to see an independent party's point of view. As soon as you can introduce another perspective, then it's no longer simply you versus them. Now, all of a sudden, maybe you can see their view. What we're talking about is increasing emotional intelligence and emotional awareness, too. Because the more that you can understand other people's behaviors, other people's emotions, other people's perceptions, now all of a sudden you can't put your blinders back on to only your view. So as soon as you get out of only your view, you're already making a movement into anabolic energy. The challenge is that most of us operate in tunnel vision. And why? Because that's how we've been conditioned. That stimulus response mechanism I was talking about before, that is one of the greatest and unfortunately one of the uh, greatest things that our mind does for us and against us all at the same time. Because the mind, the way that the brain is trying to work, is your brain is saying, my God, there's so much information out there. How can I begin to synthesize it, to compartmentalize it? How can I break it down so that they don't need to process all this information over and over and over again? And so your brain does a wonderful thing. It says, wow, we've already experienced this, so let's create a little formula that says, when this happens, do this. Wow, look at how much time and energy I just saved. And that's what your brain wants to do problem is, is that can work really against you. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what creates tunnel vision. So now it's, it's stepping back for a minute, stopping the clock, because all of that happened unconsciously. Now it's stopping the clock for just that split second and saying, wait a minute, uh, do I really want to do that? Do I still want to perceive things that way? Do I still want to filter it that way and create that type of response? Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't work for me anymore. Wait a minute, I, I, I didn't realize I'm leaving out all this other new information that I never saw before. Well, once I look at that information, I've got 17 more options I can choose from. That's what all this is about. And as soon as you introduce those new perspectives, as soon as you slow down the clock to, to interact with, with how it is that you choose to respond, now all of a sudden you're moving into the range of anabolic energy. And that first anabolic energy, level three, which we talk about, is a core thought of responsibility. Now, I'm actually going to change slightly what that word may mean to you. And hopefully maybe some of you have read this before. Not, I haven't seen it in too many places. You can think of it as responsibility, meaning taking responsibility for your thoughts and taking responsibility for for who you are and what you do. You could also think of it in terms of response-ability, meaning that you have the ability to respond from this point forward. Beautiful. Level one and level two energy is about reactivity. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say it's out of that reaction into responding. Yeah. You got it. So we've and just what, moved. I'm, what I'm hearing as well, Luke, is that you know when you move from level two to level three, is that you're making a decision to be willing and to be to be willing to be open. Yes, absolutely. To to you, new to new input. Yeah. You've you've just moved into the realm where you said, you know what, I don't have to react to it. I I have the choice that I can choose to respond. And while there still is level three, does not mean purely anabolic energy. It just means more anabolic than catabolic energy because the core emotion that tends to to follow the core thought of responsibility is forgiveness. And the reason why I say it's not totally 
void of catabolic energies, even at the level of forgiveness, you're still, you still have a little bit of blame and judgment going on because you're still judging the other person as being in need of being forgiven in the first place. Mm-hmm. But what's beautiful here, and I think this is, you know, I, again, this is uh, uh, another quote that we, I turn back to to explain a lot of this because it, it, um, it's just so well phrased, is that St. Augustine was, was saying that um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to, to die. Right. And so level two energy, the conflict, the fighter, is exactly that. Holding on to that energy because you think that you know, the, all of the, the way that you're right and the blame that you can place, that's going to kill the other person. That's going to triumph. <laughs> At level three, you recognize that I'm drinking poison and I'm expecting yeah. the other person to die. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going, to, I'm going to find a way to move on. It's hurting Excuse me? us. Is it in fact that what it's doing is it's actually hurting us? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly what level two energy, and that's why most of us stay, level one and level two energy, that catabolic energy comes because of the way that we perceive the world around us as being stressful and reacting to that. And so we drive off of adrenaline all day long. Well, if you drive off of catabolic energy, that catabolic energy is draining your system. Yeah. And that is where this ease, uh-huh. disease, comes from. Mm-hmm. You run on adrenaline all day long and you have no more energy, well, then you can't fight off illness. And ultimately, you can't even fight off the, the literally cancer that develops in your body. Yeah. And that's, that's literally the, the – and all of that, not, again, it's not to say that there's not natural things that play in here, of course, sure. but, it, but, but so much of this stress, stress is perceived. Mm-hmm. What's stressful to one person is not going to be stressful to the next person necessarily it's all perception and so as soon as as soon as you recognize that i have the ability to respond you're already putting yourself and this is the key here you're now putting yourself in a proactive standpoint and you're beginning to look for solutions you're beginning to look to find a way to move forward which is the core action cooperation you can rationalize you can justify the other person's behaviors you can put differences aside most importantly you can now cope. These are coping mechanisms. As soon as you can explain somebody else's behavior, oh, well, you know what, I can understand. I'm sure they perceived it this way. Or, you know what, maybe they were never taught differently. As soon as you can start to make excuses for them, you're beginning to rationalize. You're beginning to allow them to be who they are. Mm-hmm. That's a coping mechanism. It allows you to maintain the peace. It allows you to move forward. It allows you to try and fix the situation to make it a better place. And so is if you find yourself in a point of conflict or you find yourself even feeling like a victim of circumstance, begin to look and, and build off of your rationalization ability. Rationalize your situation. Rationalize your own behavior. Rationalize somebody else's behavior. As soon as you begin to do that, you begin to release energy because if you can rationalize, you can begin to forgive them. And if you can begin to forgive them, you can begin to move forward. So, Luke, are you saying that you can also – you can almost skip – level two if you if you're in that that space of being you can yeah most of the time you're going to see that energy level tends to switch or shift one level at a time however none of us are only one type of energy we're made up of all the seven levels that we're going to talk about tonight right. and i know we've got a couple more to cover in the in the you know the next several minutes here but yeah. we're all these different levels of energy and so we bounce up and down these energy levels all day long 
And it's because different experiences and different situations trigger different thoughts and perceptions, emotions, and behaviors. And so we're up and down all day long. And you know, for the people, I happen to know that there's, you know, there's a lot of coaches and obviously people interested in coaching and self-help and personal and leadership development on the phone tonight. I know for a fact if you're interested in this, you've got at least some, if not a good deal, of level three energy. Because you wouldn't become successful, you wouldn't do the things that you do unless you had at least a decent presence of level three energy because you wouldn't get ahead in life. And most people that are on this line are probably people that to some degree or another have gotten ahead in life. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot lot of amounts of awareness, I would say, with with the people that are listening to the show. Absolutely. It's really great for them to get a sense of how they've got to that point as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And they probably have an awareness of that already. Absolutely. Uh, this, this is great, Luke. So we, we so, have about nine minutes left. So okay. um, it, I don't want you to feel too pressured about getting through the levels. Sure. I, and I want everyone to know that there's an opportunity to to um, access the book um, that Luke right. is talking about. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So we'll just let him continue Excellent. and give us as much information as possible. And then we'll, we'll let you know how Luke is going to share this information with you so you can continue to experience it. Excellent. Thank you, Louise. Uh, part of part of these next levels of energy, when you go from level three energy into the level four, which I'm going to talk about, level three is about being in your head. It's about rationalizing. And so the more that once you're in level three energy, there's other places that you can go and get different responses. And so level three, if you're being in your head, you want to help that individual or move yourself to going from your head to your heart. And that's really what focuses on level four energy, because level four energy, the core thought is around concern meaning that your focus is on helping others. It's no longer just cooperating with other people. That's you cooperate with other people so that you can get your agenda moved forward, so that you can begin to find a solution but to move forward based off of you having some form of an agenda. Level four, the agenda, is the other person. It's how can I help you? How can I serve you? It's not about me at all. It's all about you because you want to make the world a better place. Coaches, for instance, this is one of their core values is around service. It's around you know, what they perceive as making the world a better place and, and improving things. And so there's a tremendous amount of level four energy among coaches. Mm-hmm. The core thought, like I said, is concern. And what that's associated with is then a core emotion of compassion. And there's a tremendous amount of giving and caring and nurturing. Uh, there's a lot of you know, mothers. There's a lot of nurses. There's a lot of counselors. Um, a lot of people in helping professions have a tremendous amount of level four energy, and it shows up in their compassion. Based on level four energy, you actually can even get upset when you can't fix things or make it better because you do take that level of ownership on on making the world a better place or helping other people however you can. And so that core action, that result that tends to show up is service. And so now really what's going on is that you're more interested in helping instead of controlling. Level two energy is much more about controlling. Level three, you're releasing some of that control, but you're still looking to move forward based off of your agenda. You're cooperating so that you can ultimately go about achieving a a proactive result. In level four, it's really much more about just helping. And so with level four energy, you tend to see much deeper connections. Uh, You see them develop tremendous amounts of trust. Uh, They're markedly loyal to the people that they work with. They've got strong levels of emotional intelligence and empathy. And so these are individuals that, um, like I said, go into helping professions. And one of the things that ultimately can benefit them of the higher energy levels is then to actually help them begin to think more in terms of win-win. And what I mean by that is level four, 
Level four, when you're predominantly driven by that level of energy, you will give, you will give, you will give. And unfortunately, at times, you will give to the point where you feel like you've built up too much responsibility, that you almost have an obligation to serve others. And ironically, level four energy, when you feel like you've poured yourself out too much and have nothing left to yourself, right. can actually get correlated with level one victim energy. Ah, yes, so, that makes a lot of sense. And that's some a, of these energy levels are correlated. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. And, and, that, and I would imagine that that's a, a great place where you would start to look at boundaries. and, and exactly. uh, Yeah. Part of it's boundaries, and part of it is helping that individual move past the idea that it's only about serving others, because right. you can serve others and serve yourself. Right. And that really starts to move you into level five energy, which more is some some of it is is associated with the idea of a true win win, uh, not not the idea of hey I'm going to win here and I'm going to convince you that you also pretty much win. That's not a real win win, and that's what right. most you know corporate deals are based off of. Is we're going to hope you win too, but I'm going to win. That's not real win win. <laughs> win win means that we're not going to stop until both of us believe like oh my god I can't believe how amazing this is. For us to be in this relationship, to work together, to partner together, whatever the circumstance may be. And so what is happening is you're actually further lessening your judgment because you no longer believe that other people need to improve themselves, meaning you don't judge them as, as needing to be bettered. You don't judge them as being in need of help. Right. You just judge them as an individual going through their own experience. And so level five energy is the core thought is reconciliation, meaning that things just are. There's a reconciliation of, of right and wrong because you're no longer focused on right or wrong. You're just focused on, wow, okay, so this is how things are. Yeah. What can we do with this? What's the purpose behind this? Mm-hmm. And so now level five energy is really that perspective of constantly being able to see what's right about this, what's almost perfect about this happening the way that it has. And so you find that people with a lot of level five energy, they are very inspirational leaders. These are a lot of entrepreneurs have a tremendous amount of level five energy because they have a way of seeing those opportunities all around them and seeing it in a way that's not only going to further their agenda, but further the, all of the agendas of the people associated with, with you know, building that business, serving their customers, serving their employees, serving the business, serving the owner, serving every, every shareholder of that company all of it in unison, truly purpose-driven, and everybody that's associated with it is in a win-win type of a mentality. And so um, they're not really focused. They're not too concerned with their overall circumstances because they know that they can always move forward. And when you have that type of feeling, that core thought of reconciliation, you don't quite have that any of that attachment to right or wrong anymore, you feel an extraordinary emotion of inner peace. You feel that true peace in yourself. There's a calmness that's associated there. And so the action or the result that you often see is acceptance, a core thought of uh, core action of acceptance, meaning that you don't resist against what is. Hmm. What it's just simply this is what circumstances are. There is today. There is this moment. There is this situation. What do we want to do with it? Is now the choice that you've got. And so you don't get caught up in blame. You look at growth. This is truly a perspective almost of teach them to fish. We're not just going to give them a fish for the day. We're going to teach them to fish. We're going to fully engage them and see how much potential they truly have because I know helping them reach their potential is going to help me reach mine. And so we're going to do this together. That's where level five energy, it's, it's full of potential. Wow. They're very transparent and clear in their communication. Um, they expect greatness from other people. And it's funny, when you expect greatness from other people, you tend to get it. 
Wow. And so it's an extraordinary level of energy. Yeah, and this is amazing because, I mean, this is just level five, and I know that this this model goes up to, is it level seven? Yes, there's level six and seven. And just it's about becoming an extraordinary leader. and and move and really also moving through your own personal and spiritual growth as well. Absolutely. Um, so I really just want to give our audience a, a, a teaser on that, you know, just by saying that because Excellent. I really, um, you know, being able to understand that the next two levels are also really amazing and, and kind of blew me away actually when you were talking um, in the presentation that I heard you, uh, you know, mm-hmm. speaking about the, on the subject. Mm-hmm. However, we only have a, a minute or two left. Um, sure. So I really just want us to um, to share with our listeners, Luke, how they can get hold of this book. And, and first of all, just to share with them that we have the exciting opportunity. Luke has been amazingly um, generous and has um, given us an opportunity to uh, give away three free books to anyone. Well, basically, it's going to be the first three people who email me at louise at keys to clarity.com that's louise at keys to clarity.com and the book is energy leadership and it covers this whole model and it really is very powerful stuff so i really encourage you to try and get that um that book and then also um luke has uh, really been generous as well with um offering to the book at a, at a, a great discount 40 percent off the normal book price and you can get that at energyleadership.net that's energyleadership.net if you want to learn more about um, energy leadership and the principles behind it you can go to energyleadership.com and if you want to investigate the school IPEC which is uh, you know the school that um, uh, Luke is president of the coach training division um, you can go to. Do you want to just tell them the um, the website of um, IPEC? Absolutely. Our, our institute website is IPEC IPEC Coaching dot com. So IPEC Coaching dot com. Additionally, actually, the one thing I'd also mention, Louise, is if you know if you go to energyleadership dot net for the book, uh, as Louise mentioned, we discounted it heavily, but also associated with that book, whether you get one of the free ones or buy it, uh, we've also Bruce, myself, and a few of our key lead trainers recorded a series of resources, videos uh, that additionally accompany the book. And so we actually explain several more concepts in detail as part of a video library, an ongoing kind of resource for you. Uh, and a lot of individuals take take full advantage of that and actually visit those videos for, for oh, months after amazing. having read the book. That will be amazing, really amazing. I'll be interested in looking at those um, myself, Luke. So I, I just really want to thank you um, so much for being here and, and sharing your wisdom and knowledge because you really have given us a huge dose to think about. <laughs> You know, with everything that you've talked about, Luke, and to be honest with you, we could have spent another hour of really getting into this information. But um, I really want to encourage everyone to take advantage of the opportunity that Luke has shared with us with regards to this book. It really is very powerful. And, of course, um, if you're interested in, in um, furthering your coach training, I, I, I really do regard IPEC as being one of the schools up there with the with the top schools, and they are... Um, aligned with the ICF, the International Coaching Federation. So um, again, Luke, I, I really want to say thank you. Um, I look forward to meeting with you again sometime soon, and um, you know, um, and your input and uh, uh, wisdom 
that you um, shared in in this book because I know that you're a major contributor to this to this book energy leadership um, well, is greatly appreciated well thank you Louise I, I thank you for for having me tonight and, and giving me this opportunity to share this uh, this is uh, yeah this is a tremendous amount of fun for me anytime I get a chance to talk about energy leadership and share it with an interested audience and and uh, host is uh, you know host like yourself uh, I greatly appreciate it you've uh, you've been great thank you very much Thanks so much, Luke. And just Thanks, again, everyone. everyone, to let them know that they can go to energyleadership.net for the book. Um, and then it's energyleadership.com just to get an, more of an understanding of the energy leadership principles in, in corporate and, and uh, business environment. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you, Luke. Say good night, everyone. Louise. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Louise. <laughs> okay, bye-bye now. Bye.